Hello all, this is Blonde-Haired Girl. Middle of the night, woke up. <laughs> God, you're just, uh, it's just so funny. I wake up and I just like, my brain just goes like straight to something that doesn't seem like it was working on it before I woke up, but maybe it was. <laughs> So I'm I'm having a little bit of fun with this. Um what's going on with my finances. And I just want to talk about this for a minute. So so I had seen this financial coach that told me to um he he follows this guy named Ramsey. Um Dave Ramsey is his name. He's like this financial guy. And it's 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 a really different type of person to talk to a financial coach as opposed to a financial advisor. Cuz a financial advisor would be more in the lines of where to invest your money to make money. And then your financial coach is a person to help you like manage your money kind of like how to you know pay off debt like pay off your debts like here are the steps to making money and and on the first logical thing would be to pay off all your debts right <laughs> that seems really logical I know I know exactly what it would feel like because I've played over this scenario in my mind many times in my imagination. I mean, I'm like writing the check or calling and saying, "Okay, I want to pay off this this, you know, bill." And what it would feel like to have all of that money you know, like not be spending um not have to pay that bill anymore, you know, what I would spend my money on or the freedom, you know, because in all actuality, debt of any kind actually keeps us from is kind of a dream killer in a way depending. But is it if you if you have the money to pay it off? And choose not to. Because it depends on what your focus is. And and, and it depends on, on what feels better. Okay, so if you have like a, a huge amount of money, does it feel better to have the huge amount of money? Or to have less money and not have the debt. And it sort of depends on what feels better. <laughs> and, okay, and then, like, just, just bear with me for a second here. Because I, you know, I haven't spent, like, a huge amount of time. I have spent, I have actually spent a huge amount of time on on 
imagining the debt gone. Okay, all my debt's gone and what it would feel like. And sometimes I've I've like thought that I would get an RV and I would travel the world, you know, not travel the world, but like go in my RV and go live, you know, in a RV community by the ocean and just live a quiet life, not maybe not even have a car, like just do um, lifts wherever I need to go and, you know, and just write and meditate and be quiet, drop out of society, basically. That has been like huge dream of mine. But the interesting thing is, is I could indeed still do that. Um, but I'm having fun with trying to figure out exactly how to like make the money make money <laughs> and so like okay how do i leave because i like i almost feel like i like having the cash even more than I like the idea of not having the debt. So the feeling, I mean, I could pay off, pay it all off. I could, I, I could pay it all off, all of it, everything. And still have cash. <clears throat> but the amount of cash that I would have left <clears throat> doesn't, like, it doesn't excite me. Like, the amount of cash that I just have in cash. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, what if I just took a little bit of time here? And I figured out how to make money with my money. And I'm not entirely sure that I'm talking about, like, investing it. Because if I invest that money into, like, so say I I spend a percentage of it and I put it into something. And I have thought about, that. that's what I was thinking about just now was, okay, so what if I take a certain amount of the money and I start investing it somehow and start chipping away at the debt slowly. Like say I paid like, you know, double, triple payments for a while. And then like 18 months, the debt is gone. Instead of, instead of just one, um, one, you know, um, payment and having it be gone. I mean, it all, it really all kind of depends on how you look at it, doesn't it? And see, Dave Ramsey, and there's, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with Dave Ramsey, but in my mind, there have been times where I have been, you know, on talk radio and I've had the opportunity to listen to him. And I, 
I have perceived, I understand fiscal responsibility. But I also understand not being able to eat unless I used a credit card. And, and I feel like in some ways, the idea of the fiscal responsibility is, is <clears throat> entwined also with a, a, a lifestyle. Okay, so bear with me here just a second because I'm I'm I don't know why I'm attributing it to him. But and I and I probably shouldn't be. I'm and I don't know why why I have him in this box cuz I don't know the guy and I really don't know his philosophy of financial and fiscal responsibility enough to speak on this, but I have it in my head that he would be one that would really like suggest not getting a divorce. Because getting a divorce is expensive in so many ways. Okay. It, it's, it is a very, very expensive endeavor on both sides, on both sides. But I, I can tell you, in my experience, the people, the gr- women that I know that opted and made the choice to, to divorce have have generally been thrown into poverty and have had to work their way out. Now, I do have one friend that maybe, but she, she, she's worked so hard, but I don't know that she like is the same as somebody like myself. Okay that that i really had nothing like i wasn't one of these people these these women who had got the house and got this and got that oh no i had to start over every every time and and i can tell you that it is a huge consideration for women and why they stay in a relationship that they shouldn't stay in because they are going to be their financial future is not assured you know it's like what's coming to mind right now is like um dr phil when he would say i would live under a bridge before i allowed someone to treat me like that You haven't lived under the bridge. You haven't not known exactly how you were going to feed your children. You weren't exactly sure how you were going to afford that overnight, you know, with the soccer team, the hotel, 
you 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 haven't the car repair the the gasoline when it's four dollars five dollars an hour of a gallon I mean I could go on and on and on about the challenges that that it was when I was having to being a single parent a single female of children <clears throat> and I don't know what it's like being a male like a male with children I don't I don't I don't have that um there's a lot of men that you know complain about you know their wages being garnished which isn't you know depending on you know and not being able to afford a good lawyer so that you don't have to pay <laughs> child support, which <laughs> um, I'm laughing and I'm not even going to get into that because that's a whole other conversation. But so I feel like, like Dave Ramsey would be in this same, that it is more fiscally responsible to stay in your marriage. Like, not even necessarily the spirit of marriage. Because, like I have expressed over and over and over again, nearly every marriage that I see, I would not want to be a part of it. Longevity really, you know, it's like, you know, and and having been, you know, sort of the black sheep of the family, you know, for many, many years because I made a different choice in my life. I took a different path. And I actually took the harder path in a lot of ways. And and, and then I'm saying that, and, and it is kind of the height of hypocrisy in a way because it is really, really hard to stay in a marriage too. It's very hard to stay in a marriage. But... um. If you want to be fiscally responsible and you are in a marriage, it is smarter to work on the marriage because a divorce is more expensive than, and it's expensive in other ways too. Like it is incredibly emotionally draining. It is really challenging. I mean, it is a, it is a, a loss. Not only is it a loss of, of, of like, um, your finances, it's, it's a loss in, in, in the loss of the relationship and, and, and any sense of partnership of being as we're doing this together, we're doing this together. Not, you know, when you, when you get a divorce, you you're not, you know, there's, there's like some people that I, you know, I heard, you know, like they get a divorce and they're happy. And I, I remember I was never happy about getting divorced. It was never like, oh, well, this is, you know, I was having to look at my divorce papers recently and I, I, for something, and I, 
I was looking through it and it was really weird. I was legally divorced on my one of my son's birthday. Not the same year, of course, but it was really crazy to see that date. I was like, oh. But I remember this sinking feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm alone in the world. I am, you're alone in every <laughs> way possible. Um, <laughs> anyway, how did I get onto this? Okay, and then this shame having to do with this. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, there was this, um, (laughs) preacher, okay, he was this preacher, and he, and I was listening to him for a while, I found him absolutely fascinating, and, and I liked him, he was a Christian preacher, and, and then I heard this one sermon that he gave, and he, like, there was this one statement that he said, and I didn't listen to him anymore because there was something that he said that like really upset me. Now, and, and I could be in the minority of women in my, in my, in the way that I am, but, but I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I, I, just being around my fellow divorcees, <laughs> they were kind of the same way I was. So I don't know, birds of a feather fly together. But we weren't these type of women that, you know, were, you know, <laughs> anyway. So. What the preacher said was, he he was talking about single women with children, like divorced women. And he was talking about that he did not want to date a divorced woman with debt. He said, I am not taking on your debt. I will not, you know, and neither should you, basically. He was like, you know, it was like, boys, don't take on single women, you know, with debt. And it was like, I just thought that was like the weirdest thing. And I thought it was really mean spirited. And it sort of depends. It sort of depends. I mean, I can see if, if, a woman is just is just incredibly irresponsible with her money. Um <clears throat> or if she's you know I, I guess I'm like I, I'm going on with this because I'm trying to figure out my thoughts, but it just sort of depends. It depends on the way she is with her debt or the way he is with his debt. Because if you look at a lot of business owners, they are heavily leveraged. They're heavily leveraged. So, so 
because they spend somebody else's money. Okay, and yes, they have to pay it back, but they they don't use their own money to do that. So it's like, okay, so somebody who's like in real estate and they go to a bank, they borrow money from the bank, then they they buy this thing and then they rent it out and they, you know, charge this amount of money and they pay the bank and then they pay themselves with you know the the rent or the or the mortgage of that property like a lot of business owners are leveraged they they I, I, I don't know. It's like, just, just bear with me on this. <laughs> now, a person who doesn't pay their debt or files for divorce, like files for bankruptcy is, is, it's completely different. And I don't, and I don't mean any shame to people who file for bankruptcy, but I heard this story once. Heard this story about this, this guy who was a, a, um, he was a dressmaker and he, he made dresses and he had a show coming up and something happened or he had an order. He got like this massive order that he wasn't able to fill. And he was instantly in the hole $300,000. This, this little guy, you know, he was just in the hole. He just like, did he file for a bankruptcy? No. He chipped away at it. He just chipped away at it. And he dug himself out. And, and he he was able to dig himself out and then he became a, you know, a lucrative and, you know, he made tons of money at some point. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of like failure is part of it, but so <laughs> that left such an impression on me. Like bankruptcy was never an option for me. And now I'm just going to say that I guess I've been blessed that I that I have had the resources to pay my bills. So I've always had the resources to pay my bills and I haven't missed bills. There were times in the last three and a half years even that I that I was late on something. And so I called. I called the company and I said, I'm going to be late on this payment. Um. And, and I actually remember how I was treated. I remember how I was treated by my lenders and I feel very differently toward them or the service because like my, my Wi-Fi and my phone bill, they, they were actually very, very kind to me and they did not charge me like fees because I let them know I was going to be late and I paid them as soon as possible. 
But my homeowners association were worse than a credit card. And they and I actually asked them to forgive my my late fees and they wouldn't. And that mm, and like even during COVID, what in what bad taste it is for them to charge a fee for being late during COVID. Mm, gosh, you know, I remember that. There was this um <laughs> there was this time not too long ago where I was I was putting some of my my bills on my on my app on my bank app. And one of them was my mortgage. So I I typed in my my mortgage number and I you know, I was so excited to pay it online. So and when you pay your bills online, if if some of you pay your bills online, I don't know if you do that or not, but when you pay it online, the money is gone. There's nothing you can do. It's just gone. The money's gone. And so I pay it. This is like the first time I've paid on my on my app and the money's gone and I'm not really thinking that much of it and I go to the next month. So I'm into the next month. So I paid last month and I'm into the next month. And I call about something entirely different. I don't remember why I called, but thank God I called because they said, you know, well, we didn't receive your payment last month. And I I was in a really, like not a great state of mind at the time. And I just started to cry. I mean, I just, I do this sometimes when I'm really frustrated about something or I'm really out of control. I don't know why I, it's one of my defense mechanisms. And I just started to cry on the phone with this person. And she's, she's like trying to talk me down, you know, and I'm, you know, so I I can't figure out what's going on because I'm like, I, I paid it and then I couldn't even pay because I didn't have the money to like double pay. So I end up going into a bank. I'm, I was actually working about 100 miles from where I lived at the time. And so I go into this other bank and I, I end up paying... Um, I end up going in and asking, like, I tell the lady, well, I, I, you know, here's my number and here. And so she looks it up and she says, okay, what is your, what is your, um, your loan number? And, and I tell her, and I, I was off by one number. I had, I, I had typed in the wrong number. So she says, okay, so go call your bank. So I go and I, I mean, your lender. So I go and I call, I actually am with Penny Mac and they have been really, really great to me. But let me tell you what ends up happening. So I end up getting with Penny Mac and the guy looks it up and he, 
I guess he can see in real time that I made a payment to a loan that was paid off. And so somebody got a check that they shouldn't have gotten. And so, and it took months to fix it. It took months because they had to like stop payment on that check or they had to go and get that check back before they could, um, you know, and they had to track it down. It was like several months before it got rectified, but um, they were so patient with me. And in the interim, they were sending me these notices. How can we help you? We see that you're behind on your your house payment. How can we help you? I mean, it was, they didn't just send out, <laughs> you know, the dogs to kill me. <laughs> they were really, really gracious. And maybe it's because I have a different attitude on all this thing, you know. So I'm trying to figure this out, you know, like, because I... I'm like, how can I, how can I make this money make money? Or how could I, I, because I'm sitting here and and now I've got more goals. So what am I going to do in the next year? 2022, how am I going to make this money grow? I was like, you know, it's like, and not even doubling it. I have it you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to make a third next year of what, I'm going to manifest a third of what I manifested this year, next year. How am I going to do that? And, you know, so for a while now, you know, I've been, I've been attempting to, to um, develop my brand, you know, blonde hair girl. And, and I, what I'm most interested in is writing. I'm most interested in writing and I, and I, and I haven't been, I have been so incredibly busy with, um, just all this stuff going on. <laughs> so <clears throat> I got to tell you about something. I, I just could not believe this. It, it's <clears throat> So if we create our reality, somehow I created this. <clears throat> and the creating this has not stopped. <laughs> so I told y'all that I got this floor. So I bought a sheet vinyl flooring. You know, they have this new this new technology. It's not new anymore, but like vinyl planks and they're everywhere in a lot of people's houses. <clears throat> they have this vinyl um planks, but I I decided on not the planks, but I have vinyl sheet flooring um through the whole bottom of my 
condo, my townhome. So I, and I was, I was so incredibly excited about it, but the first day that the guy is installing it, I notice this scratch. I call it a scratch because I don't know what else to call it, but it is, it is about an inch wide and approximately 12 feet long. Approximately, maybe not 12 feet, maybe it's 10 feet long. Maybe it's eight feet long. <laughs> but it is, and so when you're walking toward my kitchen, you can't see it, but when you're walking from my kitchen to the front door, you can see this scratch. And every single time I drive, I walk back, I can see the scratch and I'm reminded of the scratch. Somehow I manifested this. I don't know how I, I, this was in March and it is now October and it has not been resolved. Okay. And I keep calling, I keep having to call them. In fact, I don't think this flooring company has ever called me with the exception of the time that they called me to tell me when they were going to install the initial floor, that they got the materials and let's set up a time. So nobody has really called me during this time at all regarding this scratch. And I, and I don't know I don't exactly know why. Like, I get these impressions as to why. You know, they were just hoping that I would just, just go away. They were hoping that it would just, I would get used to it. They were hoping that maybe I would throw a rug over it and be done with it. And, and I just, I cannot do that. I do not believe that I should have to do that. I should not have to live with this scratch that they actually have admitted was there before because I made sure that it was in the paperwork before I paid the second half. And how are we going to, and I said, point blank, before I pay this, like I'm not satisfied with having this scratch on my floor. Okay, so recently I had them come out and measure my upstairs. So they came up and they measured my upstairs for sheet vinyl on my upper level of my condo. <laughs> the same sheet and I and I brought the books here, like the books of samples and I picked out the same sheet vinyl. I like it. And, and I, I wanted the same sheet vinyl for my upstairs. You know, I didn't want to pay an arm and a leg for flooring in my 1970s condo. I've done that before, where in the places that I, I lived, I did a, a remodel a long time ago and ended up not recouping the money from the remodel. And so I'm very, very leery of overspending on a remodel. And, and if it's something that I like, and I really, my floor 
is beautiful minus this <laughs> this apparent scratch. Okay, so they come out and they measure and they say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to order this, this um, and we're just going to replace it in your living room. Just this big square in my living room. He said, you won't even notice the seams. He said, there's a seam here and you don't even notice it. So um, I'm like, okay. So I don't hear anything. So I, I, I go in and I actually pay... Do I pay them half for the the sheet flooring on my upper level, and I don't hear anything. It's been I don't know three months. I mean three weeks. I haven't heard anything. So I call. I call last Thursday, and I, I ask. I said, you know, I haven't heard anything. What's going on with my flooring? <clears throat> well. They have dropped your the flooring that you have picked. They've dropped it. So we're trying to find something that is comparable that you will like. And we wanted to find it before we called you back. <laughs> okay. You know, it's like, this is all well and, and I guess okay, but um, what are you going to do with my bottom floor that has a massive scratch in it that you're planning to to redo a square in my living room if they've dropped that vinyl And she got really quiet and she said, well, I'll have to talk to them and I'll get back to you. Well, did they get back to me? No, they didn't. They didn't last weekend. They didn't. Um, it just, I, and so it's just been like the weirdest experience. Like in my mind, I'm like, we are the creators of our reality like how did I create this and why why did I create this that there has been this um this undesired thing and and I gotta tell you I waited years to get that initial flooring years I don't like carpet to begin with but I had waited um <clears throat> many years to get that flooring like why would it turn out this way it's bizarre it's so bizarre <clears throat> anyway i can't i feel like there was some reason for why i was why i just thought it was just the strangest story um but <clears throat> so I, I've been trying to decide what I'm going to do because I really wanted to focus on my writing and like maybe reworking my my first book, which is always going to sort of be my first child, my baby, my 
you know, it, 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 it's the story. It's the, it, it is the, it's just sort of how everything, how I, I started to have something to actually write about. It was like, I wasn't really sure. I've been writing for years. I really had been, but I wasn't really sure what I was going to write about or what I would ever talk about or like what. And then I had this experience that there was no doubt in my mind that I needed to write about it. And so that book is kind of a chronicle. It's as much as I could write in that book, but it's not even near how things actually went down and the amount of things that had gone down that summer. And I'm looking to see what my time is because I I feel like I've (laughs) been talking for a long time. But I've been thinking about... and, And so... And I'm in a position now where I have the resources to be able to send it to an outfit that could actually do the cover as I want, have it look the way that I want, you know, and I I have the money to actually make that happen. And then, you know... If I I had the the um had everything I'm just really really weird about numbers and so I had all of my books priced to where I would <laughs> um like depending on like two two dollars and twenty two cents for something or three dollars and thirty three cents so that book um every book that was sold I had a profit of three dollars and thirty three cents and so if I were to you know, sell this many copies, or if I were to, so say I were to sell like um, a thousand copies a month. At a thousand copies a month, I could, I could, I would quit my job firstly and go full time to my writing and I would chip away at this debt. I could sh- I could make gains on this debt and I could have it paid off pretty pretty quickly. And so and so I was like, okay, you know, and it actually kind of feels better than to just because I really like what it feels like to have the cash. So it's very interesting. I, I I don't really want to talk about numbers per se, but my mom, my mom was, it was really actually kind of sneaky. So my mom, my mom was, was, I, I'm not sure how to like, because you would, you would think my mom was like really good with money. And my mom was good with money, but she, she did really strange things. Like, her her dishwasher had broken and something had happened and the dishwasher was categorically gone and her sink like one of the sides of her sink wasn't working like and my mom 
wouldn't go and get that fixed. She had, she had so much money. Like my mom, like owned her home. She, she was getting retirement and she had a huge portfolio, but my mother, like the way she lived, like it was, it was like, you would have never known in a million years that my mother had the amount of money that she did. And, you know, and so we were, I was asking her financial guy about this because he's been working with me and my sisters with, you know, this sum of money that we have, you know, inherited. And so, (laughs) so, so my, my, we were like, why would, why would my mom live like that? And, and he said, because she liked it. She liked, this is what she felt good with. She, she liked having the sum of money. And so now I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I totally get it. And, and I've been asking her, I'm like, okay, mom, now what do I do? Like, I want you to advise me. You be my financial advisor and tell me what to do here because I, I'm actually liking the feeling of the cash more than the feeling of the paying off of the debt. (laughs) Even though for years, I've had this dream of paying off the debt. And I will pay off the debt. And I always knew I would pay off the debt. I mean, see, that's the other thing about it. That is the other thing about it, is that I believe I believe in my vision that I knew someday and like I would visualize paying it off. I would visualize paying off that debt. And and I believed in my vision. And so anybody that would tell me otherwise or or a guy who would ever reject me because of my debt. And that never happened. That never actually happened where, where a guy, you know, first of all, I would never even talk to him about it. I mean, if you were to just like full stop, ask me, I might, but I would not talk to him about my debt because that is not, has nothing to do with him. Not a thing to do with him. And I actually would not have the expectation that a guy would like pay off that debt. I never had that expectation um, going into a relationship. Like I wouldn't have had that expectation, but like when I'm thinking about it, I, yeah, I never had that expectation that a guy was just going to pay off my debt, you know, like, (laughs) you know, No, I pay off my own debt. But, but 
if I didn't accumulate it in the relationship, I have to say. Now, if I accumulated a debt in the relationship, and so the debt was, was our debt, then that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. If I accumulated a debt and then got into a relationship, I would never have the expectation that somebody else was going to pay it. But I've talked about this briefly before, but I find it the height of hypocrisy for a, a preacher of, of the teachings of Jesus that he would ever suggest that a man not take on a woman's debt when he professes that Jesus took on the debt of our sins. I think I think that that is a a it just doesn't feel right to me. That if you really loved a woman, or you really loved a person, and you had the ability to help somebody that you loved, that you would take, you would help her with her debt. It depends on who she is, but I just think it, I just thought it was just like, hypocrisy, you know, especially from the Christian church. I I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I found it the height of, and I quit listening to him because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with all the judgment that was going on with that, with single women who find themselves in debt. But I always knew that I was going to pay off the debt. I had no doubt in my mind. So if a guy would have ever tried to reject me because of that debt, he, I, he would be gone. He would be gone because I knew that someday I would pay off that debt. I knew it. I had visions of it. I believed in it. I believed in that vision. And now I believe in this vision <laughs> that in the next year... <laughs> In the next year, I will, I will be able to, to create a, a third of, of, in the next year, I'm, that's my goal is a third of, of this year. And, and part of that will be paying off that debt. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm just like, I'm just laughing, but that's my goal. I'll just figure it out. I'm not really sure how. I just know it is. I know it's coming. It's really just so much fun. It is so much fun to like, just sort of bask in this and then just like the fun of it and like imagining it and like, okay, you know, like, what is this like? I can't even say what it feels like to like, um, be able to be generous. You know, like this is a really small thing, but my daughter, 
and her boyfriend, fiance, moved into a new apartment. And, and I, I took my daughter to, we went to Target and we bought her a whole bunch of stuff and I paid for it. And it was a little bit of money. I mean, it was, it was more money than I would have ever been able to spend, you know, without a credit card. Cause I just, I mean, even if I did have the cash, I wouldn't have wanted to spend it the way that I spent it this time. And, and one of them was this, this basket. It just makes me laugh. This stuff just makes me laugh. But anyway, there was this basket that we just absolutely fell in love with. And my, my daughter was telling me that her, her friend came over and, and said, oh my God, that basket. You know, and uh, it was a basket that she was putting her, like, her blankets in, in her living room. And <laughs> and we are just obsessed with this. My daughter's like, I'm totally obsessed with this basket. But it was funny because yesterday I was at Target and there it was. I'm like, I'm like, oh, do you think I should buy the basket? Because it's a little more than I normally would spend. I'm like, I mean, I have to admit, it's not amount an amount of money that I would normally spend. I was just like, it's kind of a lot. But we love this basket. I mean, it's, it's just the coolest basket. And she like rolled up her her blankets and put it put them in this basket. And, um, (laughs) and this just feels so good. It feels so good to have options and have um and so I'm making changes and um but I'm also <laughs> being fiscally responsible. <laughs> I'm also like being careful as well because um I never want to be in that position again as long as I live where where I I was you know, in a situation that I knew that I would get out of. I mean, I had, you know, I had this where I went through this, this, this horrible, like I had left a position and then I, my marriage fell apart. I, and I had no income at the time. And I was going through this, um, mystical summer so I had a lot of lot of stuff going on and then I had gotten this job and and that hadn't worked out and so I had to just figure it out but I also I have to admit I had the resources where I had my mother's help for a period of time that my mother did help me which was like wonderful um but I got a job, I got, I had a job at a hostel, like mopping floors and cleaning toilets for a period of time. And, and I was, at the time, I was, I was absolutely daily, um, watching Brian Rose of London Real every single day I was watching this show. And there was, um, and I remember I had my earphones on 
and I was listening to his show and I'm mopping floors and cleaning toilets and doing laundry and putting on bedding and and then for a period of time I had two jobs and then I had this other job and then I had two jobs and then I I got another job I mean I've been through like a gazillion jobs in the last few years I really have and um and then I got this job and so and I've just been at it for a year I have a year under my belt now and um and my financial situation has just gotten better and better and better and better and better but I cannot even say what it feels like to have options to to have the money to do the things that I want to do that I want to do you know and so that's where it's at trying to figure out how to make money make money (laughs) or just how to make money or how to manifest money or how to you know and it's not and it's like truly it's not on effort it's not on 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 hard work like they say like Abraham Hicks would say enjoying it and to be honest I am so enjoying this I am so enjoying what it feels like to just have cash (laughs) so much so that when I talk to my financial coach I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to do it because he he had this plan he said you need to do this by the end of the week and I don't think I'm going to I think I'm going to go in a different direction I'm ever the rebel aren't I as soon as somebody tells me that I can't do something or it can't be done this way. I'm like, hmm, really? Hmm. Let's just see. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate y'all listening. And I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.